Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Escaping Moral Adventure. I'm Fallon, here with Mark, my husband, and today, (laughs) he's shaking his head, (laughs) and we are here to talk to you today about hashtag blessed. In the Bible study that I'm a part of, we've been studying Psalm 119, and at least the first part of that speaks about being blessed. And so I got to thinking about the blessed life and our Bible study was kind of talking about that as well. And so I thought, hey, this might be something to do a little bit more research on and uh, dive into a little bit. Yeah. When you said that you wanted to do a podcast on this idea or this topic of blessed or blessed life, like you, you called it out, I think probably most people think about being blessed as like something's going well, I'm blessed, right? I don't know. What do you think about it? Or what did you think about it before you started researching? Well, s- similarly, if you know, sort of like the, I'll say common definition, if you will, is you're blessed if you're successful or have a good job or have the house that you want or the things that you want or did I say good health already? If you have good health, so. if your kids are healthy or well-behaved, it's it's more of these material things or temporal things. Mm. And not that those aren't blessings and not that those things don't also contribute to having a blessed life. But what we have found in, in just looking into this more is that there's more to it than just that. Yeah, and that's an understatement, right? When we did the research onto this, and there's, we'll get into it in a minute, but the most direct part of the Bible that talks about being blessed is nothing about these things that you just mentioned, material type of temporary things per se. But maybe that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. So should we jump into the definition a little bit, maybe that we know about, you know, if you were to look up blessed in the dictionary, what would you find? Sure. So Merriam-Webster defines it as of or enjoying happiness, bringing pleasure, contentment, or good fortune. So that's simply the, the dictionary definition of blessed. And so I did a quick search on social media for hashtag blessed just to see how many people were posting about this. Did you look at my notes, Mark? Do you know how many people? Oh, shoot. Okay, so anybody else listening, have a guess in your head of how many people you think are posting about hashtag blessed. Okay, your guess is locked in because <laughs> I'm going to give the answer. It was 6.3 million people are posting about this topic of hashtag blessed. And so I just scrolled through the posts. Obviously, I did not get through all of them. You know, I mean, we got through 15 or so. For, I just scrolled for a few minutes and I noticed some themes and I, I noticed people were hashtagging blessed because they had achieved something. Maybe they were able to purchase their dream car that they never thought they'd be able to or they opened a business and this was like something that they never thought they'd be able to do. Others used hashtag blessed at the end of posts that were sharing about positive news Uh, positive health news, right? Maybe they had a good health report or their child or something like that. Others used the term hashtag blessed when they were sharing stories of being in a particularly dangerous situation, but managing to make it out of that situation Mm. unharmed. 
and there were others too, but I noticed those three themes just in the few minutes that I scrolled through. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Okay, so what you found on social media seemed to match the definition that we read. Probably not a surprise, because that's how people think about this idea of blessed. But the Bible points to something different, or the scripture points to something different. Yes, it does. The biblical meaning of the word blessed goes deeper than this, than the definition of blessed that we just looked at. And material possessions can absolutely be included as blessings from the Lord. So we know that every good gift and perfect gift is from above, from from God. So we know that those can be included in, in God's favor for us. But this type of blessedness that is talked about in the Bible, like I said, goes much deeper than that. All right, let's move into some scripture. And this, we are going to read the Beatitudes, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, his followers. So before I read that, though, I kind of want to share some information about the word blessed as Jesus uses it in um, the Beatitudes. And this comes from gotquestions.org. And it's saying that blessed here is referring to the inner quality of those of us who live for and serve the Lord. So this blessedness is a spiritual state of well-being and prosperity. So a deep, joy-filled contentment that can't be shaken, that can't be taken away from us by our circumstances. So yes, material possessions can be considered blessings to us because good things are given to us from the Lord, but this kind of blessed that Jesus is talking about in the Beatitudes is more than that. It's this inner quality that can't be taken away even if all of our possessions are taken away. Okay. So it's deeper than this idea of just being happy or having things that make us happy. And you said this is found in the Beatitudes? Okay, so Matthew 5, verse 1 through 12. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, or the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in this same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow. So these are these are different. I'm trying I was as you were reading them, I was thinking to myself, when's the last time I saw someone, you know, talk about being poor in spirit, hashtag blessed life, you know? <laughs> yeah, or being persecuted yeah. for the sake of, and then of saying speaking about life. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm we'll about to maybe look for that. I, I don't think we'll find many of those, but okay, these seem quite different. Yeah, not what we would normally think of as, as blessed, but we have to remember this definition of blessed as Jesus is talking about right here in the Beatitudes is different. It's about this spiritual state, this Mm. spiritual prosperity that comes from a right relationship with God and in walking according to his ways. 
one thing I think would be interesting here or good to do is some of these might be good with a little bit of an explanation. So for example, poor in spirit, we don't use that kind of language much. So what does it mean? And what do you think? Let's go through kind of line, kind of line by line, quickly talk about each one of these to give a little bit more idea of what it's talking about. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Before we do that, I just want to preface this all with we got a lot of our information from gotquestions.org, and we will link to all those articles in here. Please don't think all of this information is original with us or anything like that. Okay, so let's start with the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This isn't really talking about poor as in riches, um, but it's it's in spirit. So those that are poor in spirit recognize they have nothing of worth to offer God that basically were spiritually bankrupt before him and got questions I think uses that verbiage and I've heard Chip Ingram and others use that verbiage as well and I like that we're spiritually bankrupt before God. And so in this beatitude Jesus is saying that in order to receive the kingdom of heaven that blessing right of the kingdom of heaven we must recognize that nothing we offer is going to save us. Okay, so it's a, the idea of being poor in spirit is to, it's about recognition, to say that it's not about me, it's, it's about what God has done for me. So, okay, good, I can understand that. Moving on to the next one then, how about blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted? Yeah, so this mourning here, what I have found in researching this, it seems to be referring to a mourning over sin and grief over your own sin. And so when we do that, that um, the Holy Spirit will comfort us in that because we're being honest about our sin and, and humble enough for ask for forgiveness um, and healing from that sin. And so when we do that, then we experience that comfort that this uh, beatitude is talking about. Okay. I have to admit, I always thought of this one as mourning in general, mourning for whatever reason, and then finding comfort, but feels like there's a pretty specific idea here. Yeah, that's that's what I found, okay. but, you know, based on the things that I looked at, just in keeping, it said in keeping with the other Beatitudes, it seems that this would be referring to more of a mourning over sin. Yeah, because I thought the same thing as you. So yeah, keeping consistent with the Beatitudes, this is talking about mourning over our sin. Okay. Even though we know that God does promise comfort, in fact, in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, just as a reminder, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So in the Beatitudes, talking about this blessing, it's certainly talking about, seems to be talking about mourning about sin, but God is what does also comfort us in, in our troubles in general. So, but I like that making, being consistent with the other Beatitudes and really understanding what Jesus was getting at here. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So the next one is, blessed are the gentle for they will inherit the earth. And other translations say, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. It's probably better that we use the one that says gentle because our definition for meek is a little bit I think confusing by our, I mean, what, what, if you look it up in the dictionary, typically you'll find something around lacking courage, you know, something like that in the dictionaries we have today. This is not about lacking courage at all. It's, it's much more 
Yeah, again, we'll go back to the, the got questions quote here. I, I really like it. It says, meekness is humility toward God and toward others. It is having the right or power to do something, but refraining for the benefit of someone else. And that's that doesn't sound like what we think of as meek. It sounds more like, yeah, humility and also actually having to have a lot of courage to be able to do something like that and a lot of self-control to be able to do something like that. So that's a better way to think about this idea of being gentle or meek. This gentleness of spirit or this meekness that we're talking about mimics or mirrors the humility of Jesus. And as we see in Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8, uh, it says, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Hmm. And so we see there that gentleness of spirit or that humility that Jesus had. Yeah, uh, he had the power to to not do that, but he chose anyway to humble himself and become a man. Yeah, it drives that point home of he had the right and the power and decided to refrain for the benefit of others in this idea that he's came to save us. Okay, verse six says, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied." This one was interesting to me because I have heard this taken out of context a lot. And in fact, I've probably used it incorrectly and Mm. and out of context before as well. So I'm just going to quote directly from Got Questions. It said, in summary, this verse could be paraphrased as follows. Deeply joyful and spiritually whole are those who actively seek right relationship with God and in so doing, discover that he alone can completely save and satisfy their souls. Hmm. So righteousness, righteousness here is talking about a right relationship with the Lord, seeking after that. Yeah, I don't know how you were thinking about that you probably misinterpreted it, but for me it was that I almost took it sort of, and I don't know, this is maybe a selfish thing or something, I almost took it as I wanted to make sure there was righteousness out in the world. Yes. Not about my own relationship with God yes. and my, you know, the righteousness that's found through my relationship with God, but also like sort of everything else, everybody else. Is that how you thought? Yeah. It? Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this changes it a bit for us to think about that. Okay. Good. So that's verse six. Verse seven says, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. So to be merciful just means to show forgiveness to someone or show compassion to someone to someone in need and this is saying that that we're blessed if we are merciful because god is merciful towards us so he doesn't give us what we deserve he shows compassion toward us and forgives us yeah i like this idea of not not so god's mercy is about not giving us what we deserve and so this is saying to strive for that so to uh, for us to be merciful to others so just because Someone deserves something, bad, you know, punishment or whatever, doesn't mean that you have to give it. You can show mercy, and that's what God does as well. Next one is, blessed in the, are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So being pure in heart means that your heart is seeking the Lord and the Lord alone. So it's this 
one track heart, if you will, that's after the Lord and nothing else. So a pure heart has no hypocrisy, no deceit, no hidden motives, no, I'm going to say ugliness, Mm. right, in it. And it just, it wants to please the Lord in all things. And it's not just, it's not just doing the right thing or the pure thing or having the right behavior, if you will. It's, it's this inner purity, Mm. right? It's, it's a pure heart. And from that pure heart, then your, your behavior flows. Cause you could have a, a corrupt heart or a impure heart and just fake it. Yeah. Um, And that's not what this is talking Mm. about. Yeah, I think the hypocrisy one drives that home a little bit. Yes. And this is difficult. It reminds me of Paul's writings in Romans where he kind of goes on that. He kind of takes us through his own journey of the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. And he's talking about this struggle with sin and he and how he's trying to become more like Christ, but he still struggles with sin. And so this is that seeking God and aligning your heart toward that so that there is no hypocrisy, there's no hidden motives. So that's the idea of being pure in heart. Moving on to verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. This idea of peacemaking has a message in it about how God wants to reconcile sinners to him that's the ultimate peacemaking because he wants to reconcile us and that's the idea of this concept of peacemakers and in the context here what it's talking about is trying to help others go through that reconciliation step with god so as followers of christ ourselves this is the whole idea of witnessing to others so that they might believe and when you do that you're helping them be reconciled to god that's the ultimate peacemaking idea. And of course, it's not us that actually reconcile. We but we are the hands and feet of God here on the earth, and what we're trying to do is just be obedient to him so that we can lead others to him. Of course, he does the work, it's nothing we can do, but that's the idea of being a peacemaker is we are recon- trying to help others become reconciled to God just as we were. Okay, the last few verses, verse 10 through 12. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow. It's a tough one. Yeah. Do you feel blessed when you're ridiculed or persecuted? Now, this is specifically for the sake of Jesus is what this is referring to, but... Well... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think you would feel like the hashtag blessed life in those moments. You know, oftentimes we we talk about having a bigger perspective and how that's really important. And I think this is a good example of it, which Jesus is basically saying, if you're being persecuted because of me, you know, people say these terrible things about you, whatever insults because of me, you should feel blessed about those things. And yeah, you're going to feel probably terrible in the moment, but the whole idea is having that bigger perspective that you're doing his work. You're you're on mission for Christ. You're doing his work, the plan he has laid out for you. And so this is hard. This is a hard one. I would also say this one comes with a huge responsibility. And here's what I mean by that. Hmm, how to say this. If you are trying to twist God's words hmm. to make a point 
and then people are persecuting you and you're saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm blessed because you're persecuting me because of, of, because of Jesus sake. The responsibility is that you are not twisting God's words. You're not trying to, yeah, have your own plans and own ideas. So I think it's a big responsibility, this one too, to be careful of. I don't know. Have you thought about that? No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. We, We have to take scripture in context and be very careful how we use it to further whatever agenda we may be trying to further. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because we are totally fallible for sure. We we are prone to that. We're prone to have an agenda of our own. We're prone to be biased. And if we use scripture or Jesus's words to further our own agenda, our own bias, that's not what he's talking about right. here. That's not going to result in his blessing. No, <laughs> quite the contrary, actually. Yeah. So those were all the Beatitudes. I noticed that none of the blessings were material in nature, right? Which I think we may have mentioned earlier, but as we read through those, it was very clear that these blessings are not material blessings. Yeah. They're, they're actually better. <laughs> Much better. And they, uh, I'm in the middle of a study right now, and it's about reading great books and the it's by chip ingram and he was saying read things that are timeless not timely and it it made me think here like these blessings are timeless Mm. they endure Mm -hmm. forever yeah no one else can strip them from you yeah right it's not like taking your car away or your job away or anything like that they may not be timely it may be difficult to go through these Mm -hmm. things right you may not may not like it well i I mean, I find this comforting, actually, that none of these blessings, like the blessed life that Jesus is speaking about here, has nothing to do with how successful I am or how many things I have or how good my health is. It doesn't have anything to do with that. And I find that actually comforting to know because I can be blessed regardless of my circumstances, that being being blessed and, and having that spiritual prosperity or spiritual well-being is something that I can keep no matter what yeah is going on around me yeah again that perspective that's so true because I didn't think of it that way that this is actually more comforting mm-hmm. than the sort of shallow version of being blessed because it's because it it does tell you that oh just because I had a bad day quote unquote bad day doesn't mean that I'm not blessed if I'm actually doing these things, being pure in heart, Mm -hmm. being humble, thirsting for righteousness, no matter if I'm feeling good or not, Mm -hmm. whether if my health is good, no matter if I have anything, if I have any money or job, I can still be blessed. And in fact, in a much deeper way, in a timeless way. Yeah. And just, I'm just putting this thought together right now. So bear with me, but being blessed here is not dependent upon anyone else. So it's not dependent upon this person giving, hiring me for this job or how someone reacts to what I have to say or how my children are behaving or, or any of that. It's actually dependent upon my obedience to the Lord's commands. You know, I can choose to be merciful. I can choose to hunger and thirst for righteousness. I can choose to be gentle in spirit. 
no matter what yeah. is going on. Yes, that's a great point. I want to say something else about sort of material possessions because it's it's interesting. We just talked about that this idea of being blessed goes way beyond material. But just a little while after the Beatitudes section, when Jesus was still giving the Sermon on the Mount, he goes into this idea about not being anxious. It's in actually Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, and I want to read this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that, knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And I had this a little bit of an aha moment reading this again after we studied this. He's very clear these material things are not to be sought after. You will get them added to your life if you seek the kingdom of God first, but they're not something you should be seeking after. There's, he makes it super clear, like, don't worry about those things. In fact, seek after the kingdom of God, which is obey me, obey my commands. And then we talked about the Beatitudes and his idea of what it means to be obeying him and and living out his commands. So to conclude, when we look up the hashtag blessed on social media, what we find is a very materialistic version of being blessed. And it's very incomplete when it comes to being blessed in God's eyes. And in fact, it's missing the most important parts of being blessed, which is this idea of obeying God and his commands, this timeless blessing that cannot be taken away and is not dependent on our circumstances. 